Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about Long May She Reign by Rhiannon Thomas. See, I got the last name right this time, and I got it right technically on the last episode. Anyway, so basically, this is a standalone fantasy book. I think it's definitely YA fantasy, and it is about a teenage girl who is 23rd in line for the throne, but after everybody is poisoned at a banquet, like basically all the nobles are poisoned, she ends up becoming queen and she has to solve the mystery of who poisoned everybody and try and stay alive as people are threatening her claim to the throne. So that's the basic overview of what today's book and I read was about and kind of the episode. Let's see. I normally have a lot of things I want to say to you guys before I start the episode. I don't have as much to say for this. I will say that if you listened to last week's episode, which was on Well Played by Jen DeLuca, I complained about being uncomfortable recording in my closet. So to try and solve this issue, I moved my chair. So I I have to sit sideways. And so I moved the chair to be sideways. So the back of the chair is where my back is. So I'm hoping that's going to help me out. I don't really know, but we're giving it a shot, you know, giving it a try, the good old college try, even though I'm not in college and don't believe in the good old college try. That's what we're doing. And so before I get started and get into the plot summary, just a reminder that there will be spoilers. I will be spoiling Long May She Rain. So if you don't want this book to be spoiled, stop here and then go read the book and then come back. I'll say this was a pretty average book. It was pretty average. Like I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I read it, but it was average. And I'll get into more of that when I finish my plot summary and kind of get into the discussion section. So let's get started. The book opens up with our main character, Freya, who uh, really likes science. She has a laboratory in her basement and she is at the king's birthday party for the banquet. She doesn't typically like coming to court and her dad forces her to go for like only big events such as the king's birthday. And uh, So her mom was a noble and her dad was a merchant that married her mom and then became accepted in the court, but Freya's never felt like she's been accepted in the court. She only has one friend, her friend Naomi, who has this twin brother whose name I don't know, and um, but she doesn't really know the brother, but so she's got one friend and she hates court and she never wants to go. So while she's there, she's like, oh, I hate this. I'm such an outsider. No one likes me. They're all laughing at me because I'm weird. Because, like, for her, she sees herself as, like, a scientist and she wants to escape and, like, go to the mainland. So, apparently, she lives on some sort of island because this is a fake fantasy world. And she wants to go to the mainland and, like, become a scientist and be respected. That's, like, her goal. So, while they're there, she's been working on some sort of... uh, Oh, she's trying to create, like, portable heat warmers, like, portable hand warmers. So... She's like, oh my God, she has this breakthrough while they're at the banquet. And she's like, I could use aluminum and I could combine this with iodine maybe, and I can maybe make it heat up and whatever. So she takes her friend Naomi and says, come on, come back to my house with me. And we're going to go to the laboratory and test this out. So they leave. And the plan was always to come back for the end of the party. But Freya gets so absorbed into her work that she ends up working through the night and then it's early the next morning and her father bursts into her laboratory and is like, oh my God, Freya, you're alive. And you're, we're all over here like, what? But it turns out that everybody at the banquet, not everybody, but like 90% of the people at the banquet all died. They were all poisoned. And at this point, they don't know what the poison is, but you figured out like maybe 50 pages later, it was the cake. Anybody who ate the cake got 
poisoned. So, and the poison was, they figure out it's arsenic and it killed everybody really quickly. But nobody knows who's behind this attack. They don't know what's happening. And Freya is the first person in the line of like succession who's still alive. And she was 23rd and she never thought she would become queen. Like there was never any like question that she would, right? Like nobody thought so. And she doesn't know anything. And now all of a sudden she's become queen. So they move her into this like old fort that they don't use anymore. The name of this country's Apria, Apira, E-P-R-I-A, Apria. I don't know. And they're very peaceful. They've given up war. They don't have an army. She has some guards. But that's kind of it. And so they move her in and she's got these advisors who are just the remaining advisors from the old king's court. So she's got her dad, who's the treasurer. She got a spy master. She's got her lead advisor, Holt, who is on her side. She's got the king's old best friend, Torsten Wolf, who goes by Sten. And there's also somebody else, another one. Honestly, some of the other advisors are irrelevant. So they're advising her on like what she should do. But she just like is so like she doesn't know she's what she wants to do is figure out who the murderers are. And so the her um, advisors tell her they think it's these people called the Gustavites who uh, don't believe they believe the court is corrupt and they want to get rid of the king and like all this different stuff. It really maps on very well to Karl Marx and Marxism, not necessarily communism, but um, just the ideas that this Gustav person had 100 years ago sound very similar to Karl Marx and his communist manifesto. And so to me, I think it was just kind of like mapping onto that. So kind of think about that to understand where these people are coming from. So they think that they wanted to wipe out the court and so that they did it. But Freya says, this doesn't make sense to me. I thought they were not violent. So she's kind of confused. She doesn't really think so. But she doesn't know who it is. And so then there is the king only had one son, but his son Fitzroy, William Fitzroy, was illegitimate. And so he wasn't in the line of succession, but he was, he survived. So he's still there. So some people are worried about, so Freya is like, what if he did it? But like, it doesn't make sense because he wouldn't inherit because he's not in the line of succession. So that doesn't really make sense. And they have this awkward, like he kind of yells at her, like, you don't fit in here. But then later they become friends and she sets up a laboratory in the dungeon so she can like test for, she tries to do some testing to figure out the uh, poison testing so that taste testers don't have to die. And, um, so they kind of become friends working through that. Naomi's brother ends up being one of the people that dies. So she's very upset about that. And then they bring in, so now Freya obviously doesn't have any children because she's 16. So they bring in Madeline Wolf, who is Torsten Wolf's cousin. And she is the next one after Freya in line. So she was out in the country when everything happened because she suffers from depression, which in this book is called melancholy, which based on like the time period this is based off of is what people would have called it because there was no clinical uh, diagnoses, diagnoses back then for depression or anything. So they send her out to the countryside whenever she gets, she suffers too much from melancholy. So she's been there for the past couple months, which kind of rules her out of being a suspect. And Freya does not expect to like her, but ends up really liking her a lot. She's super nice and is definitely helping Freya become her own sort of queen. So then they have the funerals and Freya wants to like have everybody be honored at the same thing. And after the funeral, she finds out that there was a funeral tax 
put on the people in the city where they were paying for these funerals. And at the funerals, they sent the king off with all like literally laying on a thing of jewels, which sounds so stupid. What a waste of money into the lake. And then they like burn the boat. And then people like, so then that kind of did that for all the like royals and nobles and whatever, right? So Freya is like upset about that because nobody asked her like if they could do that. And her dad was the treasurer and she finds out that the kingdom's like in a dire, kind of in a dire financial situation. She said, why did we have this tax? Why did we throw all this stuff away? So she orders them to like get all the jewels and pick them back up and like return the money to the citizens because she, and then she also says, you have to run all your decisions through me. The thing is, like, she is so overwhelmed because she never paid any attention to politics and she doesn't trust her advisors because almost all of them have potential motives of could have they could have been maybe the one who poisoned everybody, right? And so then Madeline shows up, which I already mentioned. So the two of them are meeting, Freya's like having everybody around. And they brings, the server brings them some snacks and they're sitting next to each other and Freya picks one up and so does Malin and she smells it and she smells an almond scent. Well, apparently, what, arsenic, wait, was the first one arsenic? I think the first one was arsenic. Some other poison, maybe cyanide, I can't remember, has an almond scent. So Freya knows that, oh my God, we can't eat this. And so she saves Madeline's life. And then she has a couple run-ins with Torsten Wolf. And he uh, really thinks that Freya killed everybody, which we know she didn't, right? But he's convinced. And so Madeline says, like, beware of my cousin. Like, he doesn't trust you. He thinks you did it, whatever. And Freya's like, why do you trust me? And Madeline says, well, I think you'll be a good queen. I think you're what we need. And that's also what her advisor Holt says. So there's, like, they have these things these gods maybe these like people called the forgotten who like apparently used to be in apira and like were i don't even know i kind of think of them as gods but then they left and they're called the forgotten and most people don't believe in them but some people do and so like this whole thing starts of like freya being the forgotten's chosen queen basically the server the server tries to kill them right with this poisoned food and freya ends up like doing some trials of like the different people and she says she ends up not executing anybody for, like, trying to kill her. And Sten finds that very suspicious. And so he's like, this is the last straw I needed. Like, you didn't want to execute people, so I'm going to try and kill you. So, you know, Freya's just sleeping, you know, at night. And Madeline runs into her room and says, you need to go right now. And Naomi's been staying there, too. And so she's like, they're coming to kill you. Sten's coming to kill you and take the throne, basically. And so they have to escape and there's like a secret tunnel and the guards are like trying to kill them because most of the guards have turned on her and they like go down the tunnel and they end up finding Fitzroy down in the basement at the lab then Freya says we need to make a stand I'm going to the throne room so she sits on the throne and Sten comes up to confront her but ends up not killing her because Malin's put on this pendant of like one of the forgottens like their symbol and he ends up not killing her just in case because he's very superstitious so he leaves and he goes to the countryside to gain, like, to get, first of all, like, armor and weapons and stuff. Because, like I said, they don't have an army, so they don't, like, just have that standing around. And to get support from, like, far-reaching nobles and people like that to take the throne. So she's got maybe a week to figure out, A, who killed them so she can convince Den to, like, leave and not kill her. 
And then B, how do you stop him? And Sten took her father as well. So he's out of the picture, like all this different stuff. So then Fitzroy, Madeline, Naomi, and Freya are all working really hard on trying to figure out like the poison and like what it was. So they end up going to the castle and they figure out that the birthday cake was gold. The whole thing was gold. And it turns out that this like the dye that was used to make the cake gold was laced with arsenic. So it's like Madeline tells this thing about like how certain paints have arsenic in them. And so like it's only certain dyes, but this one must have had it. And Freya, at this point, Freya has like made a test that works in order for her to identify if arsenic is in food or anything like that. So she tests the dye and it does. And they're like, well, have you ever painted within? Madeline says no. And so they're like, okay, well, we have to figure out, we have to read through the king's like letters and stuff to see where he got it and who told him he should do it and all this different stuff. And also Fitzroy has told Freya that he wouldn't have killed his father because his father was in the process of making him heir to the throne and all this different stuff. Then um, Freya decides she wants to meet with the Gustavites because the servant who tried to kill her was a Gustavite but was unconnected to the main killing. And so she goes to meet with them and she reads their pamphlet and she's like, you guys want to get rid of corruption in the court and so do I. So she tries to make some allies and all that stuff. And one of the Gustavites comes to see her and says, like, make us believe. Holt becomes a little suspicious on his whole, like, maybe it was actually a blessing. All these people died. The old court was corrupt, like, and you can make changes and you can do whatever. So Freya's a little sus. And then, you know, Fitzroy's not around one night, so she goes to find him. And she goes in his room and she reads these letters that he kept and didn't give them all that say the king was actually planning on disinheriting him, making it so he could absolutely never, ever, ever become king. And so Freya's like, you lied to me, blah, 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 all this different stuff. And she locks him up and thinks maybe he's the killer. She's so distraught. She goes back to the castle and she's going through the king's study and she's there for hours. She can't find anything. And as she's leaving, she sees a painting with the king's yellow is the name of this dye that has the arsenic in it on the wall and there's not a signature so she's like who painted this this is whoever gave this to him is the killer she turns it around and you know who's it's from it's from madeline which was shocking and something i'm going to get into later so she is the killer so she leaves she confronts madeline who says that yes she introduced it to him and told him that it was a medicine because people believed that people on like the mainland somewhere believed that if you took it in small doses, it could be like a medicine. But if you take it all the time, it's arsenic, it's going to kill you. And if you eat so much of it, like was in this cake, it was just so, there was just so, so much of it that that's how it kills everybody so quickly. And she says the reason she did it was like the, again, like the court was corrupt. Like she was like, clearing it out, blah, blah, blah. And then Freya says, so you meant for me to die. And Madeline said, well, I didn't know you, which is like now why I've been like trying to help you because I think that you will be a good queen. I think that you will, will like will do all these things. Like I didn't necessarily want to be queen. I just wanted to get rid of like the old court. And it was very odd. And Freya's obviously very hurt because her and Madeline have become really good friends in the past couple weeks. She's been sabotaging them because she didn't want them to find out it was her. And then Sten is coming and Freya's like, the only way I could win is to try and convince everybody that the Forgotten have chosen me. So she's like, the only way I know how to do that is with science. So she goes to Sten to like talk to him and she uses these light 
box thing. So kind of think, you know, like when you have a sheet and then you do like shadow puppets, you know what I'm talking about, but like on a bigger scale. So she has those and all this different stuff to try and convince him. And then as they march on her castle the next morning, she has prisms that are hung up around so that like when the, the it's at dawn, so the sun's rising and the lights come through and she's all lit up. And then she's also, if you remember at the beginning, she was like trying to test aluminum and iodine. And when you combine the two of them, like a purple smoke and water. And if you add water to them, a purple smoke like will come out. And so she hides it in the grass with like all around so that when the people are walking, the dew from the grass will combine with them and then like the smoke will come up. And these people don't know anything about science. So they think this is the forgotten. And then somehow lightning is striking and there's no clouds in the sky or anything like that. So she didn't do that. So that might have been the forgotten. And so then everybody deserts and is like, no, she's the forgotten's chosen queen, like whatever. But Sten is the last one and he ends up having to um, surrender because nobody's there to fight with him. And so Freya gets to keep the throne. She ends up deciding that she doesn't want to kill anybody more. So she gives Madeline some money in a map and says, leave and never come back. If you ever come back, I'll have to execute you. And Torsten Wolf is in the dungeons for now. She doesn't know what she's going to do with him. And then the book ends with her um, meeting her new counsel and being like, let's do this. And also, I forgot there was a whole like romantic subplot between Freya and Fitzroy, which you could probably have guessed, even though I forgot about it, that like, oh, they kissed a couple times and like, ooh, maybe something's going on, but she doesn't know. So that is the plot of this book. This was long considering, I mean, the book was like 420 pages, 422 to be exact. But okay, I need to take a break for a moment and drink some water because my throat is like, and then I'll be back with my discussion section. Okay, I'm back. I know it seems like I never left, but I did. And now I'm back and it's time for the discussion section. We're going to start off with some current events connections, which I kind of teased with giving absolutely no information at the end of the last episode. But when I was reading this book, I was reading this book the week of uh, the election uh, certification. I'm sure you guys know where I'm going with this. And so we all know, well, maybe not all of us, but if you live in the U.S. and probably elsewhere, because this was really big news, on Wednesday, January, what, 7th? 6th? 6th. On Wednesday, January 6th, Trump incited a mob to go and riot at the cap. It wasn't a riot. To go and they broke into the Capitol building and it was an attempted coup. It was an insurrection and it was led by white nationalists who were domestic terrorists. They were trying to overthrow the election results because Trump continues to claim, or at least at this time, he continues to claim that the election was flawed and rigged and all of that where news and reporters and legal people, like everybody says this did not happen. Like it is a fact that is not what happened. And yet Trump continues to claim that it does inside of this mob. And what made me most enraged is his comments at the end to tell them to leave was that they were very special people and that he loved them. He told domestic terrorists he loved them, which is not an action you should ever be taking, especially as president. I typically don't get super political on my podcast. However, I feel like I have to speak about this, especially because I found this connection as I was reading this book and it just really strikes me. And I mean, 
it's sickening what happened. It truly, truly is. It's shameful. It's disgusting. And it's worrying. It's very worrying that this man is president and this is what he is doing. I mean, I've never been a fan of him. I've never liked him. But like, I just like, I don't understand how people can still continue to stand by him when he is inciting this violence and this insurrection and over trying to overthrow like certifiable like election results and whatever. But I have this connection as I was reading Long May She Reign that the night before on Tuesday night, I ended the book. I was while I was reading, I was reading the section where Sten tries to overthrow Freya's reign and kill her like right in that middle section. And I ended right after Sten leaves and decides that he's going to go gain like armies and supporters and whatever like resources and whatnot and then come back and so I read that and then the next day this whole thing with the capital happened and it was like I don't even know like I just had this connection of like because I remember reading the night before and being like this is so awful I can't even imagine like they're coming into your own like castle your own people you trust your own citizens and they're trying to like kill you and overthrow you and then literally something very very similar happened the next day then this book hit even harder in a way and it was just I don't know it's like ironic that I was reading this book at the same time that this happened and I mean granted the storylines aren't very similar right in real life in Long May She Rain but like this moment just stuck very struck me and like was very true to the times for that and I just want to say one other thing about this is that like Another thing that some of you may or may not know is that I spent a summer interning for a senator on um, Capitol Hill. And so I spent 10 weeks, five days a week, plus I went a lot on Saturdays to give tours to my friends and my mom when she came and visited. But I spent so much time there. Like, I know what the security is like. I know how, like, I would get yelled at if I didn't show my badge fast enough, like all this different stuff. And yet the Capitol Police weren't enough. And they, we didn't bring people in in time in order to stop this when we really should have known. We should have been prepared and all this different stuff. But it's also scary to me, like, that I could have been there. Like, if I if it had happened at another time or even if COVID wasn't around, my coworkers, who some of them I consider my friends, and I have two friends that work on the Hill, they all could have been there if it wasn't for COVID. They could have been inside there when that's happening. They could have been in a very dangerous situation which to me, it just strikes home and made it even more scary for me just because I had that connection. I knew what, like, I knew the inside of that building and area intimately. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be there knowing what I know. And so I just thought it was very important that I spend the time here because I don't want to be silent about this issue, especially not when I have this connection with the book. So that's what I want to say on that. I don't, it's hard, it's hard to talk about because just with that connection, but then also just like wrapping my head around the fact that that happened. It's just very difficult. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it there and kind of move on to the next thing. So the next thing I want to talk about is Freya's character and personality. So as I started reading this book, I was wondering for the first 100 or so pages I was wondering if she was like I don't know what the word is if it's like coded where a character's like I don't want she's not queer coded that's not what I'm talking about but like I feel like Freya has some sort of 
mental disability or illness or something just based on how they described her. Um, A lot of people online, I went and researched what people online were saying because I wanted to be informed and like, I don't know a lot about different like mental disabilities and stuff like that. And I don't want to come on here and speak and be like, Freya is X and I'm just like totally out of turn. I just don't know what I'm talking about. So like take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But a lot of people online were saying that Freya probably has some sort of form of anxiety, which I definitely think is true. She definitely had social anxiety. She didn't like being in crowds of people, especially at the beginning of the book. It like she would get like panic attacks from being around so many people. And that was like a thing that had happened at least two or three times throughout the book. So she definitely had like anxiety that she was dealing with. But I also read her. Nobody else online that I read, I read like four or five different reviews to try and like get and like some stuff on Goodreads, although I don't use Goodreads really. I like was trying to figure out and nobody else said anything further other than that she has anxiety. But to me, she read as if she might have maybe, I don't, I don't, so like when you, she doesn't know how to talk to people, which is like apparent for the first like 300 pages of this book. She doesn't understand people. She doesn't understand like romance in general, which I get she's only 16. So like, what can you know? But it was just like, really didn't like she didn't know how to talk to people she only has one friend like which like a lot of people only have one friend but it was like apparent that she only had one friend because she does not know how to talk to anybody and to me that just reminded me of maybe so then I had to google I was like is this Asperger's but apparently that is not a diagnosis that is used anymore instead that is all wrapped up into autism so potentially high functioning autism again I am not learned on this. Like, there's no evidence online that other people thought this. This was just, like, my opinion of, like, me thinking that maybe there's something more going on here. I can definitely be wrong. And if you know a lot about this subject and you've read this book or just if you know about the subject and want to inform me, I want to learn more just so that I can be informed and, like, grow and, like, whatnot. But this was just kind of the feeling that I was getting as I was reading this book. So... I just like wanted to mention that because it was just something that I thought about a lot, like trying to figure out like if this was something that was going on or not. But then the other part of like Frey's personality was just her growth throughout the book is that she did grow. She made friends with Fitzroy and Madeline, although we'll get back to Madeline later. And just like also she grew in her confidence and being queen and understanding that she didn't have to be the same sort of queen that the last one was or like be like the king. She could be her own sort of royal. She could be more understated. She can be still a scientist and use her scientific knowledge to help save the day and whatever. A lot of people online did not like Freya's growth. They found her, some people said they found her whiny, which I did not find, or they were like, she's so naive. And it's like, well, yeah, she's 16 and never paid attention in the court. Like, that's just like a thing or like whatever. So like some people didn't like her. I liked her. I thought like at first I was like, I don't know, like she was just very much like science or nothing. And she was very judgy at the beginning. And that was like part of her growth was she realized that I judged Fitzroy, I judged Malin, I judged all these people at the court, the king, whoever. And I didn't know them. I just knew their court personas, their facades at the court. And so she's learned like, oh, these are people. And like, I know like they're people and they're like more than just that. And like, I should get to know them which I thought was great growth. Even if at the beginning she was really judgy, she grew from that. And then also just seeing her growth politically as well into coming into her own and realizing 
I can make a difference. Like, I can help the common people. I can make the court less corrupt. Like, all this different stuff. Like, she didn't want people to suffer. Like, all these different things. And I just thought that I agreed with some of her philosophy on politics. And also, I was a political science student, like, in college. So, political... Like, some people said they found, like, the political aspect and the science aspect boring. But I liked the political aspect. It wasn't as political drama-y as you might find in other books, but I thought that was okay given this is supposed to be a YA novel and, or this is a YA novel. And then with the science, I thought the science was fun. I don't really know anything about science. Um, I really didn't take a lot of science classes. I don't really like science that much. Like I do, but like I'm not super into it. I am learning more about science now at my new job when I'm reading these science tests. But anyways, that's besides the point irrelevant. I thought it was fun that this was set in a fantasy world, but instead of using fantasy magic, she's using real science. And so I thought that was super fun. And I like commend Rhiannon Thompson, Thomas, for doing this and like making that kind of the plot. Like I really enjoyed that. I will say though, that I was probably too old to read this book. I think like I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Like there we go. It was like a solid middle of the road fantasy YA novel for me. Like it wasn't bad. Like I did have a good time reading it, but it was no, by no means like one of my all-time favorites. It was just like very like, all right, this is nice. And I think that if I had read this in middle school or early on in high school, I would have liked it a lot more. Now I'm out of college like by six months or however much time, you know? So it's like I'm further removed and I've kind of read some other like better writing and like more exciting plots where that so that this book doesn't stand out to me necessarily. However, I definitely like if you, I don't know if any young people, any like middle schoolers or high schoolers listen to me, but like I would recommend it more for you. Or if you're an adult, you're trying to get some books for your children or nieces or friends, kids or whatever, like I would recommend it for somebody a little bit younger than me. I think they would like it a lot more than I did, although I did like it and it was a fun read, like I said. The last thing that I want to talk about and the thing you've probably been waiting for is this murder mystery aspect. It was kind of fun that it was fantasy meets murder mystery. And the thing is, I like mysteries, but I'm very particular about them. So I don't read a lot of thrillers, which is probably something you've noticed. I don't think I've done any mysteries so far on this podcast. I'm trying to think. I don't think so because I'm particular about them because if it's too scary, I don't want to read it because then I like I can't sleep and I feel sick and like all this different stuff. I don't like horror. I don't watch scary movies, any of that stuff. And I don't want to read it either. I do love romantic suspense though. That is a great subgenre of romance, which this obviously isn't, but just that's a thing that I do really enjoy. So I like suspense and mystery, but I'm also very particular about it. So this was kind of fun because it was like a low stakes mystery. Like it's not low stakes, but it wasn't scary at all. And so Another thing is that this definitely kept me guessing throughout, like, who I thought it was. At one point, I was like, maybe it could be her dad because he was being shady. I thought it was Rasmus Holt at one point, the head advisor, because he kept saying all this stuff about her being the forgot, like, the chosen by the forgotten and all this stuff. And I was like, maybe he went a step too far and murdered everybody because he found them too corrupt and he thought he was ushering in what the forgotten wanted. I never really suspected Fitzroy because he couldn't inherit, so it didn't really make sense to me that he would be a suspect. Uh, Torsten Wolf, he didn't make a lot of sense as a suspect either. Like, he was suspicious, but he was so upset and, try- like, bent on figuring out who it was that it didn't make sense, really, that it would be him. 
So I didn't really think it was him. And then um, Madeline, I completely disregarded because she was out of the country. She saved Freya's life, like all this different stuff. I really didn't think it was her. She was super nice. So that's why I was just absolutely shocked that it was her. Like it made sense that she like had this relationship with the king and she had introduced him to the paint and she didn't tell him that he should feed it to everybody in the court, but like she didn't not tell him to do that, right? So like she was the one who's indirectly slash directly responsible for everybody dying. But it's just still so shocking because if you've read this book, she was just so sweet, so nice. She saved Freya's life like at least once, if not twice, giving her like tips and hints on like my cousin don't trust him and then literally coming in and saving her life and being like we need to go my cousin's trying to kill you like all this different stuff so that she completely I was like she's not about to kill everybody to become queen that was the thing is that I didn't suspect her of doing it for like political reasons of her herself wanting to be queen at first I was suspicious of her and then I met her and I said there's no way so I'm still kind of shocked that it was her it was also sad because she was a great friend but Freya obviously can never trust her again for anything, right? Which is why she has to send her away. And it was just, it was sad, but it did, the mystery did keep me guessing, although I will say the mystery was slow and definitely a subplot of the whole thing, but I enjoyed it. I'm sad it's Madeline. I would have rather had it been like, I don't know, one of her advisors who I don't care about. You know what I mean? Although I would have been sad if it was Holt because he was a bro, but I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about that whole thing. Still upset that it's Madeline. Did not see that coming. Although it's always the person you least suspect, which is an issue I have with mystery that I will talk about when I do actually read a mystery novel and talk about it on my podcast. So that's everything I have for today. We're also getting up to the end of it. So next week, I'm going to be talking about The Cat Who Taught Me How to Fly, an Arab prison novel by Hashim Gari. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll look up how to say his name before I, um, do the next week's episode. I haven't started this book yet, but I, uh, this was recommended to me by one of my friends from high school named Sam. She's recommended to me now twice, and I'm just very intrigued. I don't really know anything about Arab prisons or what this story is really about at all, but she recommended it to me. It's very short, it's like uh, less than 200 pages, maybe like 150 or something like that. And I'm just also this year trying to expand what I'm reading and like especially like expand and read more books by diverse authors and different viewpoints and stuff like that. So I'm excited to like read this and kind of see what it's all about. Who knows? Who knows what the heck this book is really going to be about? I think it's going to be about being a prisoner, but like also I think it's also going to be about life. So I'm excited and I can't wait to tell you guys about it next time. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. I have a lot of fun on my Instagram. You should go check it out. You can also check out my website. I never update. I read a book. I read a book once blog.com and I'll catch you next time.